T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Uh, I was going to go through the whole verse, but then I gave up on it and, you know. That's a lot of lung capacity. That is. It's a lot of repetition and it's easy for your girl over here to get lost in a loop or two. That is certainly one of my... Uh, finer points of my personality. My name is Lindsey Brown, still to this day, and across from me is... Adrian Hernandez. And we are the Playmakers. We are here to entertain, to uh, hopefully conjure up some sort of feeling from you guys. I'm not sure if we're going to like name a designated one, because I feel like that's putting the bar too high. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah. You just want to elicit something. Good or bad. We yes. want to just keep you engaged. You yes, know? we subscribe to the uh, <laughs> church that is Paris Hilton that any news is good news, right? This may be true. Just saying, she weaponized it pretty well. No, facts. Easily. No, she did. But it was weird how, like, Kim Kardashian started out as, like, her second best friend and then, like, turned into whatever that whole also, empire is. Wasn't she, like, the designated assistant, too? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was weird or in the mid-aughts. Like, it was a different time. It truly was a different time to be alive. Like, I remember, if we're talking, like, or 04, 05, I'm, like, 12, 13 years old. So yeah. this is right in your super impressionable age. Peak puberty time yep. for both of us. And I learned that uh, I was probably not going to fit in with a lot of my uh, fellow sisters because <laughs> I was not the biggest mini skirt wearer. At least what I saw on uh, what was that? What was that show that she did with Nicole Richie? Simple Life. The Simple Life. That's Shout right. out to Fox. Seriously though, they need all the pub they can get. Uh, but I just, in terms of like the the fishbowl that we grew up in. Like, I'm kind of surprised we're not more messed up. But then who's to say maybe we're the, we're the ones taking the reading in re- relation to everyone else around us. And I'm sure they would say the same thing about us. Nice. It's good to see you were watching The Simple Life. Uh, I was watching wrestling when Kane took off his mask and we finally saw him being disfigured. Oh, were you what happened also- to Abel? 
I, he able, killed them. That's the problem. No longer, no longer in the Federation. Were you Laguna Beach or, or any of the um, others? I watched more of the Hills than Laguna Beach, but like Laguna Beach was for sure like required watching. Like if you didn't watch it and you showed up to school the next day, <laughs> you 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 weren't going to be really part of the conversation. Lunch was going to suck. I for just you. I wasn't ever really truly interested in any of that stuff. I was just interested in people being impressed by the fact that I knew what was going on, and so I just remember yeah. reading like a lot of magazines, being up to date on. <laughs> a lot of gossip and stuff, even though I just wasn't, I, I liked the endorphins that I got when people were like, oh, you know the name of their kids? I'm like, yeah. Damn you, right. You damn right. Was The Hills a spinoff of Laguna Beach? Or how did that it go? It was. It was. Because like Laguna Beach was like following the Kristen Cavallaris and the, and the, yeah. and the Lawrence through high school. And then Lauren, The Hills was like a spinoff. My, okay. My sister was actually on that show. Fashion. Was she really? Yeah. She used to work for the fashion house that they worked at. Nice. Did so. she have like the clip saved? Every TBT she oh, posted she was every on, year? She, no, I mean like she was a recurring person. Like Ooh. she was, she, they had her, their own spinoff themselves for a little bit now, but she's in the fashion world and making the world uh, a better place in that area. But how come there's, there's, how come it's immediately fashion icon? You ever notice that? Like there's mean? never, like whenever anyone is like impressionable in fashion, like, mm-hmm. the designation is icon. There's never a fashion superstar or fashion rookie of the year. They automatically well, go to icon. Well, it was Project icon. Runway for a while, basically. I, I think we we aren't looking for designers as much to be personalities as we are in other art forms. Like, we really celebrate directors of films. We really celebrate authors to an extent. Like, we, we celebrate them in the way that their medium does. Like, because I think it just there's different personalities that tend to gravitate towards certain jobs or certain nuances of the same job, since we're talking about just art specifically here. But when it comes to the brands kind of becoming a, a thing, at least for this generation, a lot of that happened through Project Runway. Like, I remember watching a lot of that. I watched Christian Siriano's season, like, Siriani, Siriano. I don't know. He's really... One of the big ones that's made a big name for himself in his post career. And so it's just so odd about what we surround ourselves with and how it can mean absolutely nothing, which like most of that stuff didn't like just of it creates unrealistic expectations of how we socialize. Like that's the big, you know, 100 uh, percent like threat with social media and with reality TV and stuff. I just never really questioned until I got older, I'm like, why is everybody so invested in what other people are doing? Like, that was like the Hills and Laguna. Like, oh, so-and-so are hanging out or so-and-so, they, they, they went to dinner and then, like, this happened. I'm just like, all right. You know, I, that, that just never really plugged in for me. I was just trying to, like, be invited, um, not necessarily know what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, Depends we, on your personality, though. No, true. Yeah, we're fascinated by tea. Like, to me, the NBA tea, like, especially during free agency, I honestly can't get enough of it. And I Why argue, is that? But I, but I argue that it just, it makes it a better, it makes it a better product. And granted, I don't know, maybe I know, it's but like, my, where do you feel yourself in the place when you hear, like, a drama story come out about the NBA? Because you are emotionally invested in it. This is a fact. Well, I, I think that, like, there's... There's some surreal, like, situations, like, for instance, um, Kevin Durant and the Warriors on how the world was at their palms, that they could have won how many championships in a row? Right. But immediately, within two to three years, the dysfunction and and the egos and everything that's involved, and it's so difficult to maintain a dynasty, like, to me, that stuff is fascinating. And some of the relationships and how it plays an effect. Is it fascinating because they're making decisions different than what you would 
or is it fascinating because they're such unique individuals that are making decisions that everyone else would? Uh, it's unique because of the the parody that it brings to the league. And like the fact that every other year, right? Something I, can I think I think we're having two different conversations because you're speaking in, in terms of like why people should be invested in the NBA and like what it means like to have all this drama. And I'm like literally, I'm I'm trying to scratch of. So why why do you feel so strongly about what's going on in the NBA? Like why are we such fans of, of the things that we are? Like there's there's some personality driven to it, and then there's the biological nature of it too. Like you said, we need tea, we like carnage, we like to see what's going on because that's how we take that's how we learn our social cues, making sure that we're in line, that we're not pushing ourselves yeah, away see, from the fire. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying, yeah. and, and I think one of the main things with that is that it is so easy, easily digestible and easy to understand yeah because if we start getting into the minutiae of certain things like that may that may drive people away because they don't understand or they yeah. weren't that invested playing like you're not going to get into that playing pickup growing up you, some of this is very high level and that kind of throws people off but it depends on having how it's a co-worker who's mm-hmm. getting too much attention or blah 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 or some of these problems that teammates have mm-hmm. you can do that in your own life whether it's a cousin a brother a sister a coworker. So it is and about the, relatability. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and also it kind of plays a part where, you know, reality TV and all these other things that mm-hmm. outside of sports that have kind of crept into the NBA right. um, have made it fascinating. And now... That's what I mean. It, it, like, it, it's almost like we, we incentivize uh, finding individuals that are not only willing but able to make decisions that maybe the rest of us wouldn't. But then on the other side of the consumer, while we're watching that quote-unquote performance... We're trying to take that deviation, that that step outside the norm, and somehow maybe create relation to us in aspirations to find a similar energy within ourselves. True, and and also I think another thing you could add on to that is, you know, some of this stuff is not necessarily that we look out for it or that the media asks for it. It's just the accessibility in social media where just like in regular life, when someone goes on Facebook and posts tea about the relationship that right. nobody asked for, like some of this stuff just comes out. And well, this is true. It's probably the most. It's the. It's definitely the biggest part of the food pyramid of information that's flying left and right these days. Because it's not like gossip or like the tea spilling the tea is a new concept. Like they've been doing this way before computers and everything else. It's just that with the speed in which we, we communicate now, it enables everything to go quicker. And this happens to go the quickest because it's it's the stuff that spews out the quickest. It's the most surface level thing because there's not as much analysis to it. And you're literally just seeing what happens. And also like even just the simplest things that some people may not bring attention to or it can be viewed by others. Like, for instance, Twitter, the like feature. Yeah. For me personally, sometimes I, I'll save it because I either I like it because I agree with it. Yeah. It's information that I, I can't read at this moment. So I use it as a bookmark. Yep. Or it's just something interesting that I don't even necessarily yeah. agree Does a with. Does like literally mean I like this? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or is it used as a like as, as a bookmark to get to? And so a player could innocently or not even thinking that people are going to check their likes or who they're following. We're doing it right now with Tyron Matthew. Everything he's doing on social media, because is he coming to the Raiders? Or is he talking to a Bills player? Or what team is he talking to? Like, it's just more of... We people can see your know. likes, people. This is your chance <laughs> yeah. to go and make them bookmarks. This is a, an almost cautionary tale, a very high-level discussion about 
the performance that is the human experience. No, 100%. Um, and, and the different tools that we have at our disposal. And we are an absolute human experience each and every day here on The Playmakers. And we have lots of stories to get into today. We haven't even gotten into our can opener yet that just shows you how quickly we can snap into things. But... We are going to be talking, at least at the top of the second hour, the scariest edge rushers in the league. We've had so many powers change sides and and uh, accumulating of powers in certain teams. And so we're going to see exactly who is top dog around here. The Golden Knights are finally back on the game schedule. Adrian, they're going to be facing off against the Kraken. We have two segments dedicated to hockey stuff uh, that pre-scout, Let's if go. you're looking for like the super specific stuff, will be our second segment in the third hour. And we have a new bit to close out our show that I'm really excited to uh, introduce to Adrian. But when it comes to our first hour here, we got our scoreboard watching to close everything out in terms of the NHL. We have our Let's Be Real NBA series that we are getting into this week in terms of contenders and or at least the almost contenders and what's holding them back. And then, of course, our can opener is where we find ourselves right now. Oh, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. Um, mistakes were made. Always are made. Continuously. That's what the reality TV sometimes edits out, right? Or they <laughs> only show you the big time mistakes. You just have a skewed right. version or understanding of actual reality. But my brain conveniently brought a couple of fact checks to my attention last night as I was watching sports. Do you ever get this where your brain was like, um, that was a definite mistake that you made, and here's what the right answer is, and you need to rectify it now. Yeah. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. I won't go into more details. Oh, that's right. They were going to be, was it Tampa Bay? They Tampa. And the, did they get shut out? It was, it was a bad game. It was a real bad game. It I, didn't rain anyway. I mean, that's, a, that's like a, <laughs> it's one thing to say uh, a sports take or say that somebody's going to win and then it doesn't work out. Like, that's to be expected, like, within the realm of air. But then there's, like, I tend to talk quickly. I tend to talk from a place of knowledge, and sometimes the knowledge bleeds together. And so I wrote down a bunch of the things. I'm like, I definitely said that wrong on the show. I definitely got that mixed up on the show, and I just figured this is a great place to kind of just air it out. Yeah, let's get this air checked Because honestly, I know that the listeners probably don't care that much, but honestly, I care. And if I care, the show must care as well. Exactly. Because it will suffer without me being free and clear. And just like the uh, Maybelline ads intended me, I don't know if that was their ad campaign, but we're all blending it together in the same knowledge. Stuff that my brain made me remember. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about, well, we were talking about Marc-Andre Fleur, and we were talking about last year that he won the Vezina Trophy. And I incorrectly said that the goalies, him and Robin Leonard, both won the Masterton Trophy for the best goaltending tandem in the league. That trophy is not called the Masterton. It is called the Jennings Trophy. The Masterton Trophy is a completely different award. Ah, the Jennings. Yes, the Masterton, I believe, is like, you're a good dude guy. You know, <laughs> the charitable dude. We are league. well, not that's I, that's the King Clancy. I think that's even different. Like the charitable dude is different. I'm talking about like I don't take any bad penalties, and I'm not going to swear at you. Nice. So I would never win this award, and neither probably would you. But I don't know. I've never seen you like on a court or on an actual playing surface of any kind, and so I don't know what kind of competitor you are. What Very kind of competitor? Intense. intense? Listen, ask people in my Madden league. Okay, my no, mouth be we don't want to hear about. <laughs> no, stop. That is that is in, just That's as intense. A- as a game of 21 on the court, I it's like $500 involved. I just would like to deal. talk about any other thing besides your Madden League. That's that's where I was going. It's not necessarily the the that we're talking about you is the problem. It's that particular part I see. of your life. Just, just simple straight. I, I kind of right. trash talk. It's all right. And then yesterday we were talking about NHL scoring and the uptick that we have been seeing. And I forgot to note one of the most important distinctions that has come to 
uh, turn in the league in addition to the rules that have already been in place for so many years. I forgot to mention yesterday that the cross-checking focus that the league implemented earlier this year to really cut down on cross or at least cross-checks that weren't called, so those big-time scrums in front of the net or maybe by the boards and stuff, there's more calls being made, and that's opening up scoring, not just, beca- not just by uh, power play opportunities because actually the league itself, I think as a whole – most teams, half of the teams aren't operating in like uh, what you would call a healthy power play clip. But what it does is that it creates that apprehension in the minds of like, say, one Mr. Eric Johnson, who's a defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche, who took a really dumb penalty on his former teammate Tyson Jost by cross-checking him into the boards towards the end of the period, third period actually. They have a little bit of a power play uh, to close out the third, and then they have that man advantage going into overtime. The Wild win that within the minute. And so it's it's dumb little plays like that where some people will go into autopilot like those those third pair defensemen, those third fourth line forwards that are there to play a physical hard game and and to make you uh pay the price. Cross checks don't need to be part of that receipt. It doesn't need to be. And it takes away from the game. And so that's another thing that I forgot to mention and that my brain was like, "Lindsay, mistakes were made. You need to rectify this." <laughs> so- um I figured that we could probably revisit this moment because this will happen to me randomly, and I know that we're going to continue to make mistakes and 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 we'll want to highlight that and just make sure that we're getting people the right information. So I want to put it to like the That's So Raven psychic moment. Did you watch that show back in the day? Yes, yes. Not like, the new one, but the, yeah, the classic. They have a new – They have Disney has new everything yes. now, don't they? We're Raven's kids. I forgot the new Raven name. Raven had kids? Yes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Plus the spinoff, Corey in the House or whatever. Yeah, they went through a lot. A lot yeah. out of that Corey franchise. Yeah, Corey in the house was like ten years ago, though. Yeah, but I'm saying, it was wasn't weird, Corey? Raven's I, I think he got into some trouble. Brother? No, it was his little brother. I think he got in some legal trouble. No, that's um, that who, was Raven. It was not the brother, the friend. Um, um, the 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 friend of Raven the fr- and the oh, other yeah, girl because yeah, yeah. it was Chris? the trio. Yeah, the dude. Yeah, he got oh in my, trouble. What's his name? He goes on social media a lot when he's taking a lot of narcotics. And that's a problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's done some things. <laughs> we don't have time for that. No, we don't. Please seek help. Um, I want to learn sign language. Not a mistake I made, but just once we got three, I, I was like, you know, I've made no other mistakes this week, so let's just make this a, a brain dumping area. I really want to learn sign language. Do you know sign language? Yes, I know, I know a couple things, a few things. Like to te- like when you're doing uh, teacher baby sign language yes. level of understanding? I, we, on our, in the hallway of the apartment, we do have the board. With mm. like 25 to 30 different signs. Yeah, different signs. That's awesome. Yeah, I really want to, I, I want to, I know that I'm probably never going to get to the level of proficiency where I'll be able to sign like how fast I talk, but I want to at least like just explore that. And I think that that's a super underserved audience in obviously radio, but just our society and stuff. I, I saw the other day that just in 2021, the Oscars started using closed captions. Like that's where, actually where, where you like require it. And you you were starting to see that on social media, too, where it used to be like TikTok was kind of the first one to do it with the captions. Right. Or you could do it with your own video editing software and it would take forever and you would have to do it just like um, manually. But now Instagram's on it. Uh, as I mentioned, TikTok, like all of these different programs are now starting to pick up on the speech recognition to make better captions, which I think is that's really better cool. for all of us. That's really cool. Uh, the latest Marvel movie, The Eternals, one of the heroes was he, death. So they use sign language 
And when that movie came out, like the increase of people on the internet searching yeah. went up like 438%, right. which is super awesome. By the way, I could see you, Life is Beautiful, on the side. Oh, hell yeah. That's what That'd I want. So cool. Have you seen those clips? Yes. Yes. I've seen, the, I've seen whoever was at like Lala last year and did yeah. it for a Megan Thee Stallion set. And you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. But I just think that it, more people would be apt to work it into their everyday life if we already saw little pockets of it. And so I want to be one of those people that takes a little bit of an initiative. So we'll see if that works out for me. <laughs> initiative is, that, is usually where I, yeah, where I fall a, short. That's a nice, that's a nice goal. And like, that's helpful. Yeah. You never know I, I when want, you're going to use it. I'm putting in like in my thirties goal or like things that I want to accomplish, but I want to get that one like on the docket sooner rather than later. Cause I know every year that you keep going, it gets harder and harder just neuroplasticity wise to learn languages. There are like across the desert, I'm seeing flashing lights and there's yeah, ambulances and it's very and bothersome for yeah. me. Oh, my bra- my brain is just so scattered right now. Are you captions while you watch TV? Like uh, even it if depends. the volume's on? It depends. Like if there's accents involved or if it's like a super old timey show where I just want to make sure that I'm getting names right, that I'm getting locations right, I'll turn it on. Uh, but then it's really hard for me to actually focus what's going on st- screen if I'm reading them too. Like then I'll be so focused on like things. the dialogue okay. that's correct. Um, but yeah, it's it's very fl- a fluid situation. But I know that I saw teammates of mine doing that in college, and I was just like, why? How? Why do you? Why do you do this? And she's she's like, it's easier for me to digest this way. I'm like. More power to you, but I just I didn't. Sometimes quite get it comes it. up before the, the the line is said, and yeah, that throws me off. That's true. The timing <laughs> has to be right, and then so you can tell when there are auto captions versus ones that, that somebody took time to actually match up and make sure that they're spelling correctly. Like Game of Thrones would be a really tough one to uh, get the closed captioning for for Dothraki, but. Man, mistakes were made. They'll continue to be made. And we've already made one today because we're stretching this first segment just a little bit too long for comfort. But you know what? We have so much time to make up for it. Two whole hours. So let's move on with our time. NBA Talk is next. Love and for the bet. Almost forgot we were doing a radio show because I was just getting caught up in the... <laughs> In the tunes, man, in the limp. In the limp biscuit vibes. Ah, this song is so good, though. Underrated album. Yeah. Have I ever told you my Exchange City story? No, like you have fifth not. Fifth grade field trip. This is truly like foreshadowing to the future because I was placed in like the radio role. I brought this CD in to like play <laughs> over the speakers, and they're like, that one is not allowed. Why the <laughs> hell not? Looks so friendly, this album cover. And we know Limp, just the most family of friendly affairs, but certainly an all-time classic. Uh, We're seeing some NBA teams really put some finishing touches on solid regular seasons and and, and walking into the postseason, and we're seeing some people really struggle to the finish line. I mean, I was watching the Utah Jazz LA Mm, Clippers mm, game last mm. night. Paul George played basically all the way to the end of the game. I know that Ty Lue did not plan to do that, but he was hitting buckets. He looked great. And the Jazz blew another lead late. Your guy, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Lindsay, another 25-point lead in the second half gone at the hands of the Clippers. Uh, the infamous Game 6 last year in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, another embarrassment for the Jazz. Uh, Lindsay, it is not good in Utah right now. It's not. They've lost five in a row. 
Um, and so that 25-point lead— And nobody that, really seemed that, like, pissed, to be honest. or did, Like, that's the other thing, too. Everybody's just well, like, business as usual, right? Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, that's kind of like, in terms of after the game, though, so Rudy Gobert was just flat out saying, we don't get our hands dirty. When it gets tough, we don't push back. Uh, Donovan Mitchell let off a clip. He says, this is the same old-ish this is literally the same old ish. We do not care. And honestly, this is super reminiscent to me of the end of the Blake Griffin and Chris Paul Clippers Ooh. era. where Before they traded him to Detroit after signing him to a big-time extension less than a year before. Yeah, and, get, and getting rid of CP3. Yep. And look, at the end of this year, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Quinn Snyder, one of those dudes is going to be gone if not more, and more than likely, it's going to be Coach Quinn Snyder. Yeah, it's the easiest piece to move, and you don't want to move either one of those players because they're your all-star players. And you know you know, sometimes I bring in stats to the show, right? Perhaps. Take a listen to this, Lindsay. The Jazz have lost 14 games this season in which they've had a double-digit lead. Mm-hmm. By the numbers, Utah is one of the worst teams in the league in clutch situations. It's honestly, it's yeah. unfathomable. And for the Clippers... Like, I want to transition as, as we talk about some of our contenders and some of these teams on the precipice and, and honestly in this play-in situation as the regular season ends. I do want to talk about the Clippers um, because not only because of Paul George, but right now as they currently sit after the win at Utah, huge, huge win, mm-hmm. uh, which Utah is now in the six-seed situation. So it's now Utah, Denver, Minnesota buying for those slots. But the Clippers themselves, they're 37 and 39. Right now they're in the eighth spot in the West, and that will probably be blee, be permanent. Probably blee, blee, blee. <laughs> probably blee, permanent, unless uh, Paul George wants to just keep playing at an MVP is level. Is Kawhi coming back this year? So. Like, is Jamal Murray coming back? Like, there's a lot of people that are seemingly starting to be a little bit more slow-rolled than we anticipated a few weeks ago. And everyone's like, yeah, they'll come back. And yeah. it's like, yeah, there's two weeks left They'll come season. back for the playoffs. They're like, well, the playoffs are kind of here, guys. So, as it currently stands... Um, Jamal Murray's more than likely not going to be there. Michael Porter Jr., probably not going to be there. Kawhi Leonard. So the interesting thing with the Clippers is some of the players talking to the media haven't said it out loud, like specifically, but they said, hey, we expect to get a couple players back. That's plural, and we know Paul George is coming back. Now, more than likely, it is going to be Norman Powell, um, but they are hinting like sooner rather than later for Kawhi and it's all depending on how they do, and if they get into this, uh, if they get through the play-in, they, that's another week that buys them into that Easter weekend, which so kicks off like the what, playoffs. What the Warriors were with Durant a couple years ago when they're when they were just saying, let's get it, let's get to like the real money rounds of the playoffs before we risk bring him back out here, and then the risk ended up being, you know, fathomably true, and then they end up losing him in the in the finals. But man, I, I mean, we've all we all. I think a healthy amount of doubt for players joining stream this late without any thing this year is is more than fine. But I remember distinctly that a lot of people were throwing dirt on Kawhi when he was traded to Toronto. And granted, the way that things ended in San Antonio was very murky. Super awkward on yep. both sides. And and so I think a lot of people were already kind of like, well, he kind of needs to be taught a lesson in a way. Like we kind of we, we kind of look for that for people at least for karma to kind of come back around, but then he shows up and and is fine. But that's with a full season, that's with a full off season, that's with 
more than enough time of him working out on his own. I assume he's been doing the same thing now. Yeah, and, and also people, a lot of people forget, like, versus Toronto. You know, obviously, Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant were injured as they went up against the Raptors, but Kawhi himself was on one leg, too. So he hasn't necessarily throughout these years been completely healthy. True. I'm just saying he didn't blow out his Achilles, like, yeah, kind of on national no, 100%. Television. And he, he hasn't participated fully with the team, um, but he's been around and he's been doing drills by himself. So real test for Ty Lue and his and his ever budding leadership. And and I think it's kind of cool that obviously with the injuries with Kawhi and Paul George, like people are like automatically like, oh, well, that's a wrap. And this team has been very quiet, which fits the personality of Kawhi Leonard. Go to work. And and last night you brought up uh, Paul George's performance, 34 points. He played 31 minutes. He had six assists. His shot looked great. Oh, he had four steals. He, he blocked Rudy Gobert. No apprehension <laughs> at all either. He was just feeling it, and the crowd was pumping him up too. Yeah. In a it, way. And it's actually it's the most points uh, by a player coming back after missing 40 games uh, in the history of basketball wow. uh, within one season. Um, and on and honestly, this is what the Clippers do this year. Um, this is the fourth time they've come back from being down 24 points. They're um, scrappy. Yeah, they're scrappy. Ty Lue has had to he's had to use everyone because there's been a lot of injuries. I mean, they yeah. even traded for Norman Powell, and that was supposed to be a big pickup offensively for them. And within the week of getting the trade at the trade deadline, sure. he's injured. He should be coming back. That's going to help them. So and, what other uh, – sorry to, to cut you off here. I just want to make sure that we, we fit in our other teams because I feel like we've, we've gotten through with the Clippers. What other team you got here in terms of our almost contender and what's holding them back? I want to talk about the team that is keeping the NBA awake at night and not letting them sleep. And I'm not talking about the other teams in the league. I'm talking about the offices in Manhattan because the San Antonio Spurs, 31-44 and – are going to keep the Los Angeles Lakers out of the playoffs. The first segment that we had, Lindsay, you said sometimes we say things and it doesn't turn out to be fruition and sometimes we make a mistake. I want to say this right now at 3.34 p.m. on March 30th, 2022, the San Antonio Spurs, as Greg Popovich's final act as one of the best coaches of all time, is going to keep the Los Angeles Lakers out out of the playoffs and stick it to LeBron one more time. And more importantly, like that whole rivalry with the Lakers in general. Uh And look at the end of the day, um, this team is not that crazy. The record is 31 and 44, but they do have an all-star in uh, Javante Murray, who is an all-star and he wasn't an all-star because someone got injured. He was an all-star because he was voted on because he's been balling. Uh, They're starting five is averaging 100 or eight more points uh, per 100 possessions than the teams that they're facing, and they're scoring over 120 points. This team knows how to score. And they're not that, and also that more, I think, indicates we don't walk away empty-handed very often. We don't take bad shots. We, we, we get rebounds. Like, when you just see that net, that's more of just a, a commitment to getting the basket, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, even, like, in even some of these games where defensively they've been out of whack, you know, Houston's one of the worst teams in the league. They beat them 123-120, and that's kind of how they play. Like, mm-hmm. high offensive scoring. They put up a lot of shots. Uh, they play smart. Defensively, they're shaky. But once again, this is a team that is 31-44. and 44. But granted, uh, this past week, San Antonio's won five out of their last six games. And if we break this down, if we could, in terms of what this final two weeks is going to look like for San Antonio and the Lakers. San Antonio has to play Memphis. It seems tough. But Memphis is in a situation now where they're locked in at the two seed. 
They can't go over the Suns for the number one seed. Their their importance. So they're going to have a cap on on their uh, gas pedal here. Yeah, because Jaw's hurt, which obviously they've been playing. Rest they play up. amazing. They need to heal up Jaw. They need to get Dylan Brooks back into into shape for the playoffs, and that's pretty much it. After that, they got to play Portland back to back. Those are G League teams. They got to play the Nuggets oh, and the Wolves. Wow. I mean, I mean, hey, look hey. I, that roster. G League. No offense to Trista. <laughs> um, the Nuggets, the Wolves. They got to play the Warriors. Steph will not be playing. And then last game of the season versus Dallas, which at that time Dallas will be secured either at the fourth or fifth seed. For the Lakers, they got to play the Jazz. And we just talked about how terrible the Jazz are. Yeah. But the Jazz just got embarrassed on national television and now, again. Like that's <laughs> such a big trap game for them. <laughs> Versus the Lakers coming up, like yeah. just psychologically, it, it truly is. So I'm really interested to see how that particular team kind of unravels because, like you said, there's so mu- much implication on a deep run for them this year. They've been expected to take a step, and they're not just failing to do so. It seems like they're forgetting to tie their shoes. Not the play in, Lindsay. And so <laughs> – like you said, well, like the teams like the Spurs and stuff, they're not exactly the most interesting because they're just here to kind of make uh, some people's days bad. There's plenty of teams that are doing that all on their own. And unfortunately, we don't have Trist on our show today. Uh, she usually joins us on Wednesdays, but she's a little bit under the weather. Hopefully that she gets better soon. 100%. Because between this and the uh, and the big bracket stuff, I mean, it's there's just too much juice to uh, not find another person to help the squeeze in. Uh, we're going to get into the NHL, what happened last night, who's playing tonight. Not necessarily Golden Knights. That big deep dive is in the second hour. But the first hour, on the other side here, just a quick little hot lap. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A good song. Well, when we're talking hockey, like we're about to get into, this is true. Because we're not doing like a Golden Knight specific segment right now because we're not at the top of really anything right now. To right. Be honest. But you know who is? 
know who I watched last night? What were you getting into? I Lindsay? mean, we are the home of Mark Andre Fleury propaganda here <laughs> in the Las Vegas Valley. Oh boy! I will do the duty, people, because in a way. The trade of uh, Flurry has enabled me to kind of shirk my 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 mic voice and put my fandom hat on a little bit, and I'm really enjoying it because, I, first of all, I think I need it. Uh, the grind is very real when it comes to the game of hockey, at least at this point of the season, as it does every year. There's there's these little lulls where you're just like, oh my god! But like when playoffs come around, it's like a different type of hit, and it's yeah. even more. Uh, potent when it's a team that I grew up uh, being a fan of, or at least one of the many teams. But we all know about what Flurry means to all of us at an individual level. And I won't say that I've been like a diehard fan of his for my entire life, but he was on my wall growing up, right next to Patrick Waugh, right next to Marty Brodeur, right next to Roberto Luongo. Like I've always had a really healthy respect for him. And then when I moved here and had the privilege to cover him in the capacity I did, it's just, it's a different sauce now it it truly is and he was magnificent last night especially down the stretch of the third period he had this unbelievable save uh to his left adrian because the flyers were pushing a little bit makes this windmill glove save on a rebound just gets a piece that's all it really is with goaltending you just want to get enough of it and flurry always likes to like those windmill saves he likes to even if you don't get the puck to the point where i can smother it or i can cover it and get a whistle at least i'm knocking it up in the air and hopefully up and over and living to fight another day but he just looks so calm he looks happy people were throwing him like literally literal bouquets of flowers after the fact and I'm like so happy for the Minnesota fan base too because they just get to see somebody on a regular basis that is special at that position and to be honest this is the best defensive core he's probably ever played behind and I'm including those cup champions too and it's cool to see the city embrace greatness it, truly, Basically. truly. And and we were doing that here, too, in Las Vegas, but uh, our leadership is a little bit different around here. But just to kind of catch everybody up, in addition to that 4-1 to win the Wild were able to secure yesterday, the Abs won in Calgary. Without Nathan McKinnon, without Gabriel Landeskog, they proved me wrong, win 2-1 to over the Flames last night. The Stars, uh, well, I was right on that prediction. They beat the Ducks and therefore leapfrog the Golden Knights into, in the standings. The Golden Knights are currently on the outside looking in of the playoffs spot, at least in the wild card. And then the Predators won 4-1 to over the Senators. A little bit of an emotional moment. You had Brady to Chuck opening up scoring about five minutes into the third, but that was all that they had. Uh, but in terms of games tonight that are not Golden Knights, Kraken-related, that are important for us to keep track of, the Jets are playing the Sabres tonight. The Kings are at the Oilers. This is quite an important tilt. The Blues are at the Canucks. Very big. And then, as I mentioned, Golden Knights and the Kraken. Um, The Jets and the Sabres, we all kind of know what the Sabres are, uh, a good hockey team when they're motivated and emotionally invested, especially uh, when the Golden Knights face off them against them a couple of weeks ago. But the Jets, who are, you know, right in that mix in terms of wild card positioning, they're at 74 points, just two points behind the Golden Knights. News came down today that Nate Schmidt, our guy, the Golden Retriever, uh, was put in COVID protocol along with Kyle Connor. Now, I'm not Jeez. saying that Kyle Connor is more important person than Nate Schmidt, but Kyle Connor, the player, is a huge omission on that roster. Whereas Nate Schmidt, very good at getting that puck out of the zone, very first, very good first pass defenseman. Kyle Connor is what makes that Jets team go, and they need to go fast. They've won two straight in overtime for their last six and six of their last nine. 
Uh, mostly against middling teams, though, like the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Arizona Coyotes, and, oh, yeah, the Golden Knights. Uh, but they're getting at hot at the time that they need, especially in a couple weeks. They have that Florida road trip where it's like Tampa, Carolina, Florida, basically the second week in April. So they're they're racking up wins, and they're keeping themselves afloat. And so I would expect them to do the same against the Sabres. Um, but, you know, maybe they're a little bit more extra motivated because we have a lot of shared uh, ex-teammates on, on both sides. So remains to be seen. And if anything, it could be the non Evander Cup, Evander Kane Cup, I should say, because those are two of the teams that he was on previously. He's now on the Sharks, but now he's on the Oilers, who are playing the Kings tonight. Uh, Oilers are fresh off of a waxing of the Coyotes, so they're rocking the hats. And then uh, the Kings have plenty to play for after getting absolutely taken to the cleaners by the crack. And the other night, kind of unexpectedly, uh, Oilers are gaining on the Kings. And so this is a battle for home ice advantage in the playoffs, at least if you're not playing Calgary. Vegas is still within striking distance of both of these teams, but as we've kind of talked about, they have to basically win out to even be in that conversation, let alone a conversation for a wild card spot. Uh, This kicks off a torrid stretch of games for the LA Kings. We kind of went into that earlier this week in terms of the murderer's role that they're going to be playing, but they're kind of in hold on and get healthy mode uh, as they hope to get some of their talent back in the playoffs, but they need to stay out of the box because the Oilers power play is humming right now. And I don't want to get into uh, uh, a size match when it comes to trading rushes back and forth with the Oilers right now. I don't think the Kings have the talent for it right now. And they certainly don't have the goaltending. That's why that game was so lopsided. Like, Cal Peterson just was not in his normal state. Do the Kings have time to wait for these injuries and for this health? Well, they're they're playing with house money because they didn't expect to be here and be at this juncture. And they've built up a little bit of a cushion. And so... They have earned the right to be able to kind of sit and hope and wait to see if Drew Doughty and his wrist are going to be ready to go for the playoffs. But we'll 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 have to see. They've been dealing with that all year, but they play a they can play a game that clogs up the middle just like anybody else, and they can stay committed to that a lot better than teams like the Oilers, or like the Golden Knights, who have more talent at their disposal, just maybe not so much of the discipline because we've relied our entire lives on our talent. Usually, gets us out of trouble, except now. Uh, the Blues and Canucks, another huge matchup tonight, second home and home. The Blues got a big 4-1 to one win uh, the other night. It's almost a must win, at least in my book, for the Canucks uh, right now because it's not necessarily where you like you need the two points, but you need the two points for the Canucks and you need the two points away from the Blues because they're in that same conversation. The Blues have been falling just as fast as the Golden Knights have this month. But David Perron has 14 goals in his last 13 games. He's on pretty much every special teams unit plus 5v5. And so stopping him and getting a stellar performance from Thatcher Demko would go a long way. But they need to start scoring for him, too. Like, where's Elias Patterson? Where's JT Miller? Where's Brock Besser? Where's Quinn Hughes at? All of these people are options to score goals. Uh, Anvile Huso, who has started eight of the last ten it has been rough for the Blues, as we talked about earlier this week, though, in terms of losing a lot of games, letting in a lot of goals, and not really finding the answers, not really finding an identity yet. And so a uh, hard-nosed victory tonight would certainly help them in their cause. As I mentioned, the desperation level for the Canucks has to be really high because uh, there's just fewer and fewer games between us and Judgment Day. And it's coming, like less than a month away. Yeah. So this is yeah. getting exciting. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild how quickly it's gone this season. And then, like, the last month and a half, how screeching slow it's been. Like, it feels like the trade deadline was a month ago. 
Honestly, not even two weeks. Well, with everything that's happened, like it's 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 been a lot. Yeah. Uh, can can I flip the script and ask you in terms of these teams that are on on the bubble or kind of these lower mm-hmm. seeds? Like, who who are you most confident in that can make a run and kind of surprise people? I mean, I would say the Kings, but now it's not looking so solid to me. I think if the Dallas Stars can continue to kind of grind away, like I was saying about the uh, the team just a few minutes ago, that are the Kings when it comes to the willingness to shut down to play a certain type of way because that's what the moment calls for. I feel like the Dallas Stars, that's what their their bread and butter is, is that two-to-one hockey game, keeping scores low, challenging you to go, to forecheck all the way, to to skate all the way through your shifts, to, to finish every shot, to stop in front of the net instead of going behind it. Like, that's what it takes. And then they have a very uh, incendiary leader in Jamie Benn. Like, he is one of the best captains in this league in terms of, playing the way that the rest of the team kind of emulates and he's really good at getting that squad going and so there's a lot of talent that for some reason finds ways to not score like the Golden Knights but I feel a lot more confident in their goaltending right now than I have since probably the bubble to be honest because I think Jake Ottinger is the real deal and I'm seeing his confidence kind of plume with every game that he starts because even if they're not winning games he's keeping them in there he's like Thatcher Demko light nice and then one more question, uh, as, as we talked about yesterday with the scoring, and was it at least six players to chance have a yeah. chance at over 100 points? Yeah. Um, in the NBA, the MVP race is super tight. Uh, in the NHL, is it kind of the same, or who do you think is going to win It's kind out? of a toss-up right now because I think uh, your garden bin or your, just, your regular old tomato is your, is your Connor McDavid's, but I think there's been a lot of ill will sent towards the Oilers and just kind of how they conduct business and how they've – responded to criticism. I think Johnny Gaudreau is certainly in that conversation for the Calgary Flames. I think it's cooled off a little bit and that he he's probably going to be um, dinged by the fact that the team is really deep. Igor Shesterkin, the netminder for the New York Rangers, has certainly been part of those conversations the last few weeks, but he's cooled off because he hasn't played as well the last couple weeks. And so... And then you have, you know, your Alexander Barkovs or your Jonathan Huberdos. But at the end of the day... You know, the hockey writers are allocated to certain parts of the country. Austin Matthews, who I haven't mentioned, he's probably my best pick right now today. If I had to pick one today, he'd win it. And it's not because I think that he should win it. It's that I think everybody else thinks he should. And so that's usually how the NHL operates. Um, And that's all right, because based off of his performance this year, he's earned it. And as you mentioned, Adrian, and and harken back to our conversation yesterday, the scoring is up for the NHL. And so is interest. And that needs to grow. That needs to be maintained. And uh, hopefully we can get some pucks deep tonight. We need that. A little bit more expansive conversation about the Golden Knights and crack and matchup coming together a few minutes ahead. But first, we'll get into the scariest edge rushers in the NFL. On the other side break, love for the bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 